0: Welcome to the watching dead the officially unofficial podcast for the walking dead on AMC. I'm Jim I'm Aaron and today we're talking about season 11 episode 5 titled out of the ashes uh, Aaron, what'd you
1: think of this episode? I liked it. I think it's a good um, You know, you got to go back and get you know, keep up with what's going on in Alexandria uh, I needed more commonwealth stuff I uh, I don't know that everything worked as entirely as successful as I was, was, was hoping it was, but I think it did enough. Um, I'm a little worried of some potential mortalizing going on with Aaron and or Carol and combinations thereof. I like those scenes. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm worried, but like what they're doing is kind of, the the thing that bothers me is I don't think, I don't think Carol was at this point where she's ready to lead someone else from like, 'cause like uh, the the natural Air, or result of retort from Aaron is just shut the fuck up. you have done whatever the <laughs> fuck you wanted for, for as long as you wanted. a lot of this stuff is because of you, and I'm not gonna hear any of this new go hand ringing from from you, Carol um but that's and I'm kind of disappointed that it. they didn't have Aaron actually just say that like he came close, like you of all people, but like really unload on her um. Yeah, because I don't I don't feel like they've told me quite the story or may, maybe maybe they have and th- we're just missing a conversation. But like I've, I I felt like Kara was realizing because kind of like starting to come to grips is all the time. To- the thing, way she's fucked up um, over the Whisperer arc, but she wasn't quite ready to be there and take responsibility for it. M- maybe she has. And this is her doing it. Um Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like that's a little a little sloppy, Joe, and I'm a little worried that this, if they, you know, if this goes on for, but I don't know. This is just that's just me worrying. I don't think there's anything there yet. Um, yeah, also, the, the, I, the no, I want to get your reaction to that first.
0: I'm sorry. Okay, okay. The, the the reason I like those scenes is because it's not necessarily about like the you know uh, solo nature of her. the the unilateral nature of her decision making. It's about the thing that led to that. It's about the anger and the emotion that Aaron is feeling in the scene. And that's the part that I think Carol has started to get over because she's still acting unilaterally. I mean, she's, Mm -hmm. you know, Aaron's over there saying, Hey, let's do this thing. And she's saying, nah, I'm going to go do this horse thing. That's still happening. But the path, the emotional path that led her down, I think is the one that hits the mark here. And so it, it worked for me. Uh, I lo- out of everything in the episode. I think that's probably the best scene.
1: Huh? Well, it'd be interesting if we go through, the, if, if I agree with that, uh, going through the recap, but it's like I said, it's, it's nothing that like I thought was flashing red lights, kind of a uh, warning. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, Negan and Maggie, I think they're mostly doing that right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if you just ignore the stuff that they did wrong, like it's kind of where I think they should be. Yeah. Um uh, what did you think of the action we got at the Commonwealth? I, there's I uh, I don't know if I like how jokey some of the stuff was.
0: It's it's a problem because like Princess is setting a tone there for sure. You know, if, you, if you're talking mm-hmm. about the jokey nature of it, it, you've got. Look, you've got two of the three, three of the craziest, most ridiculous, stupidest characters. The Walking Dead has ever come up with in Princess yeah. Ezekiel and Eugene. You're yeah. going to it's going to be kind of stupid and silly and jokey and hokey and all that stuff like there's no way around it they're not suddenly going to have some change of character that makes them all
1: super serious so it's just wild because that that train station said i felt like oh they're going to go for some kind of like high tense uh you know untouchable sequence where it's like you know there's like timing and there's tension and then the Brer mccreary comedic hijinks. And then Eugene essentially doing this while he's like walking up the stairs. Nobody sees me. Nobody sees me. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, we're not going to get that. And like, I, I feel like they're beginning they're doing they're they're leaning too far into the Kafka stuff way too soon Mm. like I think that they're like I was uh, you know hoping that they're. I mean obviously I think I feel like the commonwealth has to be evil right because like other I mean I don't know I guess maybe the walking dead is going to go out with the. you know Rick's spiritual successors and his group, uh, being the terrorists that bring down a benevolent, essentially a better, more benevolent version of what they had going in Alexandria. Maybe, maybe they've got the courage to do, to tell that story, but I don't think so. And if I feel like they're they're letting the cat out of the bag way early, and also like hmm. there's some things that just don't make sense. Like, is Yumiko's Yomi- Yomi- brother going to just be down with its dystopian? F- Fascist dictatorship that lets him bake cakes, even though he's a neurosurgeon. Why is this utopia got a neuro a uh, 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 a surgeon? I, I I don't know why I put the brain on. Why why they got a surgeon working as a, in a cake shop? I think because they don't like, know he's a surgeon. He's li- I, uh, I think he's never told them that. Yeah. Why? But okay, so like, there's a couple of questions I have that, and then also like, if the fines for disobedience are so high why did eugene's girlfriend is her name Mm -hmm. stephanie yeah it is why does she so blase go along like this is the kind of thing where it's like uh you know i got the feeling that like what she's doing is allow them to essentially use the the company postage machine Mm -hmm. yeah you can send a couple postcards through what's a big you know what's an extra 50 cents but it's like oh no you might be executed or exiled for this crime yeah it never like it you know like in it, it felt like a light hijinks thing not like a capital crime and there's a clash of that that i felt like probably i would rather it not be there to be honest
0: i do wish they had told us what stephanie's potential sentence was here um because they tell us what the newcomer's potential sentence is and it's banishment and yeah a hundred like they'll send you hundreds of miles away i don't know if they're shooting them out in a cannon or what but like right it did seem pretty severe for the newcomers i wonder if it's not nearly as severe for the citizens i wonder if
1: it's but they also this is the the social commentary right like you know like you don't have full rights of the citizen you're just asylum seeker. so like they are definitely trying to say something about you know what obligations uh societies that are better off have to ones that maybe through no fault of their own are worse off Mm -hmm. um how you can integrate and assimilate various dis you know, like people that are uh, you know, traumatized and bloodthirsty. Uh, I'm just talking about in the walking dead world. Uh, you know, they're, they're traumatized and bloodthirsty or have a skewed view of authority and, and rules because they've been out here versus like I, that stuff is interesting, but I feel like they're, they're shying away from that in favor of things that aren't that interesting. Uh, but it's also possible that this is all still an elaborate part of the test. Of you know, like they they first hit you with like you mm-hmm. know, uh, like like what is Stephanie's job? If was she like is that was that was that always an illicit use of uh, community resources when she's having those long conversations with Eugene, or is she supposed to be kind mm-hmm. of some kind of outreach? I I, I don't know because like and since I don't know, I don't know whether this is just part of the gag. Like you know, Stephanie lures them in, or maybe they've got a guy for people for for the ladies and, and the gay bros out there to lure them in like a siren and then they get them and they process them and then they test them you know like it's like you said you don't have a large group but how quickly are you going to want to run to the radio to tell you know it's like yeah so is it a setup i i don't know i just and wish then, it was like 50 percent less humor 50 percent more seriousness going on in these scenes and at the end they tease you know some
0: upper echelon of of the hierarchy here right that is somehow interested in them beyond their uh, you know forays
1: into hobbyist post-apocalyptic radio a post-apocalyptic Saul goodman steps onto the scene essentially yeah the the it's what it feels like to me a little bit a little bit i,
0: I don't know he he's clearly important right but yeah, if you're a, if you're a day
1: one immigrant to the Commonwealth and you've uh, you've uh, commandeered the official radio, you don't you don't need a criminal lawyer. You need a <laughs> criminal lawyer. Right. And that's what this guy is. Yeah. So I, I we'll see where they go with that.
0: Um, but overall, I liked the episode. I thought it was pretty solid.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. A couple I, of I, I,
0: complaints, but not much
1: yeah i'm uh I'm curious to to see more um like every plot line I'm essentially engaged in thus far
0: yeah I don't think there was anything just blatantly stupid
1: um so that's that's a bonus I kind of like that there's still a there's still a whisperer band out there that mm-hmm. uh is kicking around for good or evil makes sense uh that was interesting too yeah uh i I'm hoping they don't make that a huge part of the coming
0: season. I think it's a neat idea for it to just be there, but I also don't want the whispers to be any kind of threat to them whatsoever? I
1: don't think so. I think it's going to be a morality barometer for our yeah, crew. Makes sense. Like it's going to contrast our crew versus the Reavers versus the Commonwealth and versus the, you know, because the Whispers are going to also be as they're want to do, like you yeah, what Alpha said was right. You guys are no better. Than-. So mm-hmm. I think how we Cause, cause these guys are, I think you're supposed to understand these guys are to Alexandria as Alexandria is to the Commonwealth, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's no reason to take them in. There's every reason to be distrustful for them. And I, I think that's, we're going to draw comparisons between how these people are treated and how, or, I mean, I guess there's no antagonism between Alexandria and these, except for, you know, we've already got there one day and relying and cheating them and swindling them. So sure. I, I, but I think that's what the, the role they're going to play. You know, if I did have to pick
0: something in this episode that I didn't like, I'd probably say it's the ending of this episode. I think it's oddly anticlimactic. Um, they mentioned that Connie's out there and then Carol's like, I gotta go. Let's go find her right now. I got to fix my past mistakes. Um, and Aaron's like, eh that'll probably wait till morning. Let's go back to Alexandria, and she says, "Okay," and they head back. Hmm. Now, Carol, being Carol, I think there's basically zero chance that she gets all the way back to no. Alexandria before going yeah. off on her own mission.
1: But yeah, there's some 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 significant looks that she's given in 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 response. Yeah. I just didn't think this was a really great way to end the episode,
0: but I don't know. It, it was fine it's a little otherwise. fellowship
1: at the ring where you know. Aragorn's getting everybody up to to go save our, our friend uh, on this long, perilous side journey that was yep. not the journey that we're supposed to take on. Um, so I, I think and then it just ends. I don't know. Yeah. And then it just ends. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Speaking of ending, let's end this uh, preamble and get into the recap, why don't we? Sure. Well, let's take a break real quick first. All right, we start off with Aaron and his girl, Gracie, walking through the woods. They're surrounded by whispers. Gracie runs off. Aaron is killed. Surprise, surprise. It's a dream. Bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, why do shows do this? Why? Look, there's nothing you can do in a dream sequence that won't immediately give away that it's a dream sequence and r- reduce any investment I have in it to zero.
1: I I hear what you're saying, but on the other hand, I think dream sequences are best for telling interior states of characters. Like they're used to great effect to sure. Sopranos, man. I, I just finished season five a couple of days ago and they had like one of the best dream sequences I've ever seen in that show late season. So I think that's what it's doing. It's telling that like if in case you've recalled, Aaron has been going through a little arc where Aaron was like the moral center of our character. Uh, Aaron has been deeply shaken by the Whisperers like he's the one that always brought people new to the community and he was stood in opposition to Michonne's kind of isolationist stance I, Michonne kind of talked him into it so he's a lot uh, harder of a character and then he kind of started to come back from that arc and he had that shocking situation with Gabriel in the T-1000 that mm-hmm. they they reminded us of this honestly I, I thought this scene is also great for all the callbacks. I mean, it went all the way back to the yeah, fucking the wolves. Wolves, Right. I, I said whispers, yeah. but it's a, it's a whole bunch of people. Yeah. 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 had the, the guy with the W carved on his head. Um, so I, I think it's, it just reminded us cause it's been a while since we've had, it's been since the mid of the pandemic episodes, which is getting on like eight, nine, 10 episodes ago since we remembered like what the fuck Aaron was. So like, yeah, this, this dream shows him like he's worried about his family. Like several times he'll be like, Gracie is starving because of these assholes Gracie is homeless because of these assholes and this is just all the sacrifices he's made uh, along the way kind of like uh, manifesting in his all this it's the sum of I wrote in my notes that this is the sum of all his fears sure you know coming all at once and he can do nothing to stop him in a very
0: stylistic uh, kind of visual here they're doing a lot with this stuff lately Um, in this scene it's all like very red leaves inside of an
1: inky black forest area. Uh, it l- reminded me a lot of the psychedelic visuals from like Mandy or the sure. color out of space. Uh, the walking dead video game. Honestly, it looks it had a lot of that aesthetic. Oh, uh, oh, the telltale the telltale. Game, yeah. yeah. They like to do this kind of like trippy shit too. Yeah. And walking
0: dead hasn't traditionally done it though. I think in the last couple of seasons, they've really stepped up their game there and a dream sequence allows you to do that without it feeling Artificial, though they've done it in real world situations before, that doesn't feel artificial either. True, so uh, yeah, that is, is it a wooden hand that he puts on in the morning? I, does he have like a morning hand and a battle (laughs) hand and a building hand? And
1: I don't know because, like, I that prop does not look good up close. Let's just leave it at that because I couldn't tell if it's a Pinocchio carved hand, I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be a lightly rusted.
0: Uh, a man
1: hand uh, yeah i it's it's this prop is best admired from uh, the middle distance i think i like to think he has just a whole gallery of hands that he can choose from sure. it's like it's well we know he's got like the Batman mace right suits uh, right yeah, he does have the got, mace he's got mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he probably has a hook oh, he's got a feather duster he's got <laughs> yeah. a he's got a pancake spatula attached he's he's multifunctional yeah oh how, does he a pasta, do the tongs a pasta machine that pasta machine way remember that that's, that's he's got a, he's got an arm that just makes pasta yeah <laughs> like he's a, of a r- factory. roller like <laughs> yeah huh yeah it just it just comes out the other just like he puts it and it just comes out the end shoots out the, oh, the stump yeah like the play-doh right
0: uh so then jerry wakes up in the morning uh for for a piss and he finds walker a walker inside the walls what the fuck people he wakes everybody up Aaron sends Gracie down to the basement while the others run out to deal with a whole bunch of walkers just rushing in through a hole in the wall, and they managed to get it sealed off again. What happened to their lookouts? I saw one guy got eaten, but
1: sound the alarm yeah, before that happens. Happen? The, yeah, they. Oh, oof, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can't fault them for this because what do you? How do you set up? Um, I, I know I, I will fault them a little mm-hmm. bit. You set up by like just having show the zombies milling around. Uh, you show that there's lookouts, but because of how big Alexandria is versus how many people they've got. They can't watch it. But I think this is the problem with Alexandria kind of being hypothetically Schrodinger's destroyed because yeah. tell a story of the having way too many mouths to feed big man. Jerry here stepping through a minefield of sleeping people in his house. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, the walls are weak, but you got you got tons of manpower. Right. So why aren't there lookouts on the walls? But on the other hand, maybe they're all, most of the warriors are dead. They're all civilians. They're not good at, but, but I I feel like they need that. This is, they're, they're trying to tell stories based on the stories they haven't quite sold to me. Yeah. And I got all these giant problems. Like, you know, how did these walls get fucked up? Mm -hmm. Like, did the, 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 whispers hose them down with some kind of acid? (laughs) Like what? What, what like what what did they do to this thing? Like a, just like a, even if they stacked like brush against it and set it on fire, I don't think no. steel walls would melt in those conditions. I I don't know. What, no. I, I, that's, that's that's my take on it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. There's there's some nebulous like destruction of
0: Alexandria that happened that we never really got to see. And so now we don't really know the state. And so every time they introduce something, I have. A lot of questions i'm not necessarily saying it doesn't work but i just yeah. don't feel like i'm grounded in the scenario that they've created
1: here but i feel like the writers think they are yeah and then they're also backfilling stuff like today we got the uh uh additional information i think aaron was saying or maybe it was carol where they're like uh or no it was matt like they didn't just come in to alexandria they actually at at some unspecified point came back and set the place on fire and burnt the crops and fuck so we didn't see that we just saw the initial like what was seemed like a tactical victory for alexander where uh beta led the the horde in there to destroy it and there was no one to destroy so just kind of milled around and left now obviously that'll hurt the crops a little bit but like what how did they fuck with the walls man did they have like 20 battery powered angle grinders. They like cut the supports and stuff. Cause I just, they didn't tell that story and I feel like they realized it. So they had this one line of dialogue where I guess after the total collapse of the whispers, there's enough nucleus that they just wanted to do one last fuck you and came back and did. But again, nah, I, I don't think they, I, I don't think they did this story very well. No, they haven't. And it's having a, uh, you know, follow on consequences in all of these episodes.
0: And, and right. it's kind of and too like late does, to go back and like explain it. Right. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's just something yeah, I would that, have. To yeah. It would have been a great thing you could have done in the, the COVID episodes, but you were limited yeah. to how many people you could shoot. So it sucks. Um, I did like, I did really like Jerry's morning routine, getting up and like tip, like this, just this big dude, <laughs> tiptoeing through these sleeping bags and stuff on the floor like it's a minefield uh, and him like, you know, taking his piss and just kind of casually noticing the zombie shuffling down the street. I, I liked all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, yeah. Grace having a zombie whistle that like she can hide in the basement, but if they're breaking in, she can presumably Aaron will hear it and come running. There's some cool, cool little details and I, I'm certain that whistle will be dramatically important somewhere down the stretch here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I assume so. Uh then we go over to the Commonwealth and we get an orientation video for the community. Uh then the group there are assigned their jobs. Eugene gets high school teacher, I think. Princess gets retail clerk, Ezekiel gets uh is in animal control in some position, and Yubico just gets an invitation to go talk about future opportunities with the Office of State Affairs. Um, then Eugene tries to remind everybody, hey, we're not here to start a new life. We're here to get help for the people in our old life. Ezekiel agrees to take it up with the case supervisor and Princess joins him. And then Eugene goes to meet Stephanie and Yumiko asks uh, about her sister.
1: Yeah. This, so this this guy who's like welcoming to the qual, uh, Commonwealth is Mr. Hornsberg, I think. Hornsby, and they say that's what, I think. Hornsby, you're right. Hornsby. Yeah. Uh and I I when when I was watching this again I noticed that cause I I, I originally thought that the person who wrote Yumikyo will be this guy and is all gonna tie together mm-hmm. somehow. But it's different. Um the guy who signed this letter saying I wanna talk to you from the the State Department, uh his name was Widgeway. Oh. Um Yeah, so that, so like I'm I'm wondering who these various powerful people like we, we hear about this, the Milton family uh, led by mm-hmm. governor Pam Milton that everyone uh, credits to this, this society thriving. Uh, we met this where uh, we saw this Edward Widgway, who is trying to recruit Yumiko to some kind of state department thing. Um, and we met the Hornsby guy who is what I am calling the better call Saul, the slip and Jimmy of the show. Um, Cause he feels I mean this even this what do you think of the commercial what do you think of the orientation video hey I'm not sure why they're doing this through VHS but maybe get some digital media
0: in here like you've got a functioning society you have got fucking cakes coming at your ass maybe get a CD or something that can perfectly recreate this film every time because your, your equipment's failing your tapes are failing you need to fix that uh, mm-hmm. what, what are you going to do 20 years from now when you're showing the same shitty VHS tape to new recruits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the video like the content of the video itself it feels ominous in that way that like it's too good to be true right that they're showing yeah. you the North Korea showing you all the good parts of North Korea kind right. of way that we talked yeah. about last yeah. episode
1: that's what it feels like to me yeah uh, I just I, again I felt like there's a tonal problem where this felt like something from Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story sure um like something about the aesthetic something about the vhs thing something about it just there's a lack of seriousness to it and again a little bit heavy-handed with the the menace lurking beneath the the what what appears to be kind of nicey nice so this Um, is just communism right like everybody's getting assigned a job here
0: there there is a social strata here a class system which might just be communism um there's a class system at at work here too this is a very hierarchical thing and you can see it when yumiko asks about her letter and the guy's like dismissive yeah yeah you're fucking super your guy will take care of all this don't talk to me yeah and she says no it's from the office of state affairs and he's like oh oh yes ma'am i can help you with that absolutely there's yeah you're obvious divide
1: a class thing um
0: and yeah, it's working no, you're
1: you're right but also like i i felt there's a little bit too pat like animal control you guys got fifty thousand people and you've got animal control openings like hmm. I, I i felt like and, and like you know uh what's her face is uh princess's retail like i i don't know i it it felt there's something it's, it's something a little off about the world building like uh uh, you know, like if, if if you're an educator, you know, like put you in a high school to be a science teacher or whatever, that kind of makes sense. But like, oh, you uh, tame tigers or whatnot, we'll put you in animal control. You used to check things out, keep like why wouldn't she be sorted into like sanitation or just like any kind of manual labor? Because retail is essentially unskilled labor, right? You sure. know? Yeah. Um, yeah it, uh, maybe so customer it, relations or something like that but i it just it just felt like it's weird that that's like this this is the needs that this have that the neatly map into their pre their their pre and that's what it makes me think like is this just another test or another layer of the weird bureaucracy mental games they're playing i guess it could um, be because it doesn't make much sense
0: for a community that most certainly has needs at any given moment to simply slot you in based on because it's luck of the draw right who you're going to find in the yeah. zombie apocalypse they could have 6,000 bakers. Well, you can't have 6,000 bakers on staff in a community of 50,000. So are they all going to be bakers? Do you just slot them in where they fit in or what?
1: Uh, yeah, it See, doesn't you know, I, feel I, totally I, right there. The surgeon brothers. The other thing that threw me about that is like, did they have so many surgeons that they're just like, okay, well, you know, we're just going to, you know, I got 50,000 people. There's only So many hearts that need to be operated on. So if I can go bake bread, I mean, that's until probably George true. Retires or Mary dies. Uh, so, it you, but I again, I don't know how much I want the show to actually sit down and explain to society or just kind of show. But I'm worried yeah, yeah. that like what they're showing me is dumb. That's the thing. Always, if you're at The Walking Dead, is like, you know, I, am I setting myself up by thinking, oh, they're doing something cooler? And it's like, no, it's just this. No, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm there's something artificial and evil about the society. And I feel like they're letting the cat out of the bag too soon, but who knows? Yeah the artificiality and the evilness could just be coming from the fact that they don't know how to tell the story very well, but we'll see. I do like Eugene constantly, like, you know, even though he's here and he's achieved his primary objective, he's got enough decency that he's like, look, let's not get, we can't get sidetracked that we forget about plan a, which is helping Alexandria. Yeah. I like that. He's always kind of bringing things back. I'm actually, it's kind of weird that the rest of this is the, maybe except for princess. It's kind of weird that, that especially Ezekiel It's kind of like fucking cool. I get to work with animals. I mean, like, they've all forgot why they're here. Like, Yumiko's like, yeah, I (laughs) got to see my brother. That makes maybe more sense. But like, I thought King Ezekiel would be a little bit more mission oriented too. Well, Zeke's on a suicide mission. Zeke's not getting out of this one way or another. So he's probably just like, yeah, I want to pet some tigers before I die. Uh, Uh, Although I don't like, what is his cancer status? Because they have medical care here. They have surgeons that are baking bread. Like, they they haven't had medical. Oh, hasn't told them, but wouldn't wouldn't they like wouldn't they check out that giant goiter on his neck? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I would imagine it's fairly simple to tell the difference between like a tumor and something benign. Mm -hmm. But then again, cancer is not like it's a disease that spreads, So maybe that's a low risk. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Did you get the impression that Yumiko knew
0: who Pamela Milton is based on the way she says her name in this scene?
1: I, did. I I got something but I didn't okay. there was nothing else that kind of like uh, uh, there, there's nothing else that kind of like made me take note of it more but yeah I did notice that there was a reaction okay um, yeah I couldn't quite read it but something this family it'd probably be important though they'll, they'll be turned out to be important before the fall so is, like, yeah that's what I'm guessing yeah
0: Alright, back at Alexandria, walkers continue to batter the fence. Their horse jerky supply is getting low, so they decide to make a run to Hilltop to get some of the blacksmith's old tools and maybe find some food. Rosita suggests that they at least have a plan B to abandon Alexandria, Uh, but Aaron's definitely wanting to try the Hilltop plan first.
1: I... I, first of all, I I really like them spreading the load out to the walls by you know banging on strong areas like that's that's neat that's that's cool because like you know explains because like my next question is like well this is such a shambles how is it not falling constantly well they're smart
0: well um, I I loved that right up until they explained it and I'm like I mm. I got it I don't I don't need you to yeah. s- Rosita to come up and say hey every character on staff here where uh, you are banging on the walls for this various just show me the thing they're around, doing and I'll yeah. figure out
1: why they're doing it and. Yeah, they did it. What kind of tools does the Walking Dead think you need to fix like gross metal fabricating problems like this? Like, it, oh man, if we just had the perfect screwdriver, a pair of pliers, we'd be home here. Yeah, like, some some fire tongs. Like the, the the yeah, did the blacksmith have like a fucking rivet gun? Did he have like? Why would he need that in a wooden walled society? Did he have a <laughs> TIG welder? Like why? Yeah, I I just think that. Go to yeah. go to Reg's the, stash.
0: Dig through Reg's closet and see what tools he had. Can he we get Bob Vila thing.
1: as an executive over, uh, overseer of like their construction? Because like they're just <laughs> not telling the story of like we just don't we don't got the tools or the material. Like yeah. well, uh, I I don't know, man. Like you can't fast like this. This stuff is seems like you'd need basic gear or gear that's way more advanced than the blacksmith has. Yeah, um, gear that originated in Alexandria
0: because that's where the walls were built. I. Uh, unless beta was in there like, yeah, uh, grab that rivet gun and throw it out into the woods because they're going to need that to rebuild the wall. Oh, yeah. You see that uh, that sheet metal over there? Yeah, let's take that back to the cave. Get that out of here. Were they orchestrating and how if they had thousands and thousands of walkers around them at all times? were they picking and choosing what yeah, to destroy very slowly yeah. you gotta <laughs> moan and groan and right. make sure your guts
1: are applied and yeah,
0: yeah this yeah. is why they didn't show us the destruction of Alexandria because it would have looked yeah. ridiculous
1: <laughs> but they need tools they need some broken and burnt up tools from Hilltop or this 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 walls is going to be a shambles for the rest of uh, the show's existence and can't have that can't have that there's even talk of abandoning Alexandria because it's so fucked up yeah for sure uh, then Maggie and Negan are fighting off walkers. Negan wants to know
0: why Maggie hasn't killed him yet, but she doesn't really have an answer. Is there
1: anything to talk about in this scene? It's you know, it's it's a bit of a trope, but like the whole you know, throwing a knife right over your head right. and it sinks into a zombie, sneak up behind you. Show's
0: I'll, I'll let that. Tropes. I'll let that
1: use of stealth zombie. I'll allow it. It's, okay, uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's pretty far off. Uh, then they arrive at Hilltop
0: and see the devastation. Uh, this is Aaron's group and Carol's group, and they have to put down their zombified friends. I want to say this is the first time we've ever seen a single fly on a single walker, and I thought it was a really cool touch. Hmm.
1: I thought that they did a really good job of showing what a sad, dispiriting job this would be. That, like, it's already yeah. like... Imagine going back to like your burnt-out home uh to like scavenge something you need at your refugee camp and also all your dead relatives are there trying to kill you uh all your friends and people you loved, like it would the only thing to make this better is if we actually knew any of these characters i was and gonna like, say oh fuck there's that guy or there's that <laughs> person or there but like yeah it's yeah. if it was that it would have been even better but like they did I thought they spent uh, the exact right amount of time, like just showing how just fucking miserable and like, you know, like these people are already yeah. pretty down bad. This is just gutting them. It's, and they, especially Aaron, the one that they're, you know, trying to focus on. It's really, really kind of darkening his spirit. Yeah. But how he's also
0: sort of able to put it to the side and continue with the mission. Got to too. do for Gracie, yeah. man. What are you yeah. going to do? Uh, there are more walkers on the walls of Alexandria that keep coming up. Uh Judith is teaching the children to use swords, and she sees some shitty preteens. They're getting younger, these shitty teens. Uh, younger. We've every run day. out of shitty
1: hilltop teens. Now <laughs> right. we
0: have the pre the yeah, the thirteen pre teens. Uh they're they're being shitty on the wall, so she goes over to stop them and they bully her until she puts a blade
1: to one of their necks. Gut <laughs> this kid. Fuck yeah. this kid I hate these kids on site I hope they all get bit and die or I hope Judith, yeah. you know got got their neck giving up their their fucking life's blood I I'm done done with these goddamn children of the corn apocalypse <laughs> fuck them all uh, they made Judith cry it's not cool I agree I, I and man what a fucking uh, beast Judith uh, is the yeah. I'm gonna have to learn this young actor's name because She's doing, you know, I mean, I I don't know. She's crying. But I I feel like convincing kid crying, especially when you're dealing with like, you know, like this nuanced stuff about her brother and her dad and also on top of being bullied. And she's like, you know, you can tell she's always been the mature one that plays by the rules, does the right things, been rewarded for it. And now she's got these fuckers that don't care about anything. Uh, It's good. And I hate these kids. I love Judith. They need to die. I'm rooting for these children's death. I am, too. Uh, the, the shitty preteens
0: are somehow worse than the shitty teens. But yeah. OK. Uh, I,
1: wish, I wish I had a Walkman. I wish I wish Daryl had recorded what I can only assume is their shitty older brother getting eaten to death because of his <laughs> act of cowardice and, and maliciousness. And I want them to show that to those kids every night before they go to bed so they know what the hell happens. To little shits like them. Uh, apparently, Kaylee. This shit wouldn't be this shit. Is, we wouldn't do it if, if, if Carl. And Henry are still alive. We wouldn't be putting up with this shit. Oh, no, of course not. They, they learned
0: their lessons a long time ago, the hard way. These kids are spoiled rotten. Uh, Got him, Judas. Oh, God. What are the kids in the Commonwealth going to be like? If this is the hard life that you have in Alexandria, turning these kids into little shits. What is the soft, cushy bakery life
1: going to do to them? I don't know. I don't know. It's either, either, either going to be even worse or they're going to be full on Nazi youth where like they look like they're model <laughs> citizens, except for God the thing they're really passionate about is persecuting minorities. It's there's no middle ground. It's going to be tragic. Uh, Kaylee
0: Fleming is the actor's name. Who's portraying Judith, and she's great. She, She, does she look like a
1: young Hayden Panettiere to you? Uh, I don't know who that is. The cheerleader is. from looks, Heroes. She looks like a a, a young uh, my niece, uh, my sister's kid, and uh, down to like the cowboy boots and the western affectation. She's a horse girl. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mentioned this years ago that I really identified with this uh, person because she reminds me so much of my niece, and I I, I get a kick out of that. And these guys yeah. bullying her. I Fuck oh, them. Oh, oh, it was way too early in the morning when I watched this episode <laughs> for me to put up with this shit alright Maggie and Negan hit the suburbs
0: they make it to the outpost and they begin waiting and Negan is antsy and wants to leave but Maggie still focused on Meridian and he tries to convince her to wait no later than sundown to call off the mission uh, I don't know it doesn't really seem to work there's, there's no
1: talking Maggie out of this suicide pact she's got with the person's is going to be rewarded. I mean, the thing is, is like this is a necessary scene, but it's also completely rote yeah. you know. By it's, 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 yeah, this is every fucking, you know, game over, man, bug out versus we got to do the mission kind of discussion you've ever seen in a war film or a disaster film. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got the good guy and the bad guy playing the roles and checking the boxes. We'll, we'll see where this goes in the scenes to come. Yeah. Uh, Yumiko goes into a
0: Commonwealth pastry shop that's fully stocked, and she finds her brother,
1: Tomi, uh, cook, cooking uh, bacon cakes. Yeah, that's it. It's weird, because they had Yumiko playing this as if, like, when she walked in and she smelled and she started smiling. I guess it's just a uh, a lady who hasn't had pies and cakes for a while. Yeah. Except for... Alexandria kind of famous for their fresh, fresh. They use that as a torture method. Look at all of her, fe- her fresh, baked produce and her jams and jelly. Like they couldn't make a cake in Alexandria for kids. I don't know. She walks in guess, and she's. Uh-huh. And I thought she was like, "Oh, this is a nostalgic smell because, like, I know my brother's cakes or whatever." Mm. And they really threw me at the surgeon stuff because I'm like, "Well, maybe she just is like, oh, I haven't smelled pies for a while." Um, but they played it as if I. You know, and then when the guy popped out and was like, Can I help you? I'm like, Oh, there's her brother. And she's like, Oh, I'm looking for my brother. I don't know. I thought it was weird. What did you think? Uh, I didn't have
0: any of the weirdness necessarily. I think the, the surgeon stuff was, it's there to be kind of a question mark on their past relationship. And I, I will talk about that when we get there because um, I think mm-hmm. they're hinting at a lot of backstory between these two and stuff that true Magna has kind of been pointing out about yumiko as well in past episodes that didn't work because we hated magna but i think we like might like this Tomi guy a little bit better although there's no fucking way this guy's british
1: right based on his accent it's not good well it kind of came and went throughout the episode Uh, right this the early scenes i thought they were he was really this might be a kevin costner where he's like hey I spent five minutes with the Boston accent. You guys believe it, right? You guys are buying into, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, sh- I'm Robin Hood. I, I've, I've thrown a couple yields in here. It's, I can go back to my regular kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel okay, like I the dude's it. born in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, this is just a bad English accent. All right. He's like me. He can do it for a couple sentences and it just kind of right. Tokyo drifts. Uh, that wasn't <laughs> anything about him being Asian, by the way, well, he's pretending to be British, so, so I would hope not, yeah, yeah, I'm saying his accent is sliding. it's the back end stepping out, you know, there's a lot of smoke coming from from the back wheels of his accents, what I'm saying, Gotcha, uh, yeah, so where're where the hell are we?
0: uh, picking through blacksmith tools, apparently oh right the the hilltop uh they see walkers being herded by whispers, and they kill the walkers and demask the whisperer and apparently it's a dude named Keith that Lydia knows. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they're doing some layered storytelling here with Aaron that, like, you know, he, he's a little bit of a doomer now, and Jerry's got a, mm-hmm. you know, like, look at all this. There's nothing standing. He's like, hey, come on, dude, we're still standing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and though, I, I, like I said, I think this Whisperer group has got some interesting potential. Yeah.
0: Uh, Eugene and Stephanie are getting ice cream back at the Commonwealth, and they walk, they take the tour, um, just kind of walking through, looking at stuff. He's taken with the place, but he can't stay. And he asks Stephanie how to cut through the red tape to, uh, to get in touch with his friends or to help his friends. She's got nothing, but then offers him to uh, a way to talk on the town radio. Normally, it'll take two weeks. There's this whole thing where Zeke runs up and says, five weeks to see the boss. It, they're, they're painting a picture here of shit moves real slow in the Commonwealth
1: because Gotta of the bureaucracy.
0: The- Ice cream
1: on demand. But you got to wait in line for toilet paper. This is going to be really weird shit. Yeah. Uh, um, and then Stephanie says, yeah, we'll go use the radio right now. And red suit, uh, red guard sees them, which is key. What is the deal with the lady that bops up and gets like a dozen cones and one of them's rocky road? And like, there's like, I don't know. Is she someone likes executive kid? And this is her first role to Because like the camera loves her. And it's like look at this character look at her inter but like as far as i can tell it goes nut noth- nowhere and he I, asks I, I about know. the rocky road and she doesn't she just gives him this look that's like yeah, fuck like, okay, off, weirder yeah yeah, Why? she jumps the line, gets her pre-made 12 cones. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it are, these
0: going, are these going to Pamela uh, Milton? Are these Pamela Milton's cones and yeah, she cannot this, be bothered with the rabble? If this
1: is their way to start an animal, animal farm tale, I'm worried. <laughs> because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some people get one ice cream cone and not of their choosing, and other people get 12 Rocky Roads. I think it That's, is that's a cutting commentary on classism <laughs> in today's society i'll tell you what i tell you what that's what that's what fucking pisses me off about society the unequal distribution of ice cream we need to seize the, the means be- of cold stone creamery <laughs> <laughs> these cones were definitely unevenly
0: distributed hers was much smaller than eugene's which i appreciated but then the big old lick
1: that eugene <laughs> takes off this thing he fucking made love to this cone, <laughs> man. I that's an unorthodox, unorthodox lick. That's a guy who loved it. In, yeah, he's inhaling the cone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go back to
0: Alexandria where the shitty preteens are trashing Judas house. They claim they didn't do it and they leave. The younger kids offer to help her rebuild what was broken, which is this. Uh, I, I think we've seen this in previous yeah, this Carl's is where like when when her Carl knew he was dying,
1: prints. and he had that one day where he spent with his family. He he and uh, Judith did this as handprints on their deck, and How this was after post time ju- time jump. This was like a centerpiece over their staircase. How that, like, young was Judith? So young, like three, four. Because later, maybe and, like,
0: younger, in this scene, Rosita comes by and is like trying to cheer her up and saying, you know, this is. Uh, They're talking about the people they love that they've lost and how her parents taught her to get through these tough times when she was possibly alone. And she talks about Carl as if she knew Carl and was like they had a relationship, but she was so young. I don't know how she would remember anything about Carl.
1: I felt like that's I, I first of all, I felt like that that's something they should have leaned into when she's like, you'll always remember how much they love you. She's like, I can barely like I, every day. I feel like I'm forgetting what Carl looked like or something like that. Yeah, they, they could have leaned but- in that that this is like I need like this is I need this. Le- but um, the thing that really bothered me why aren't the adults trying to find out who did this? This is borderline a hate crime. <laughs> like to destroy this, this is a shrine to mm-hmm. a dead person. What the hell? And, and Rosita is like, oh, we'll just fix it. The Rosita I know would want crime and punishment to happen. Yeah. Like, and again, I get it. I want to see these kids gutted. Maybe that's extreme. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be the one that's meting out justice, but like, I feel like that's important if you're an adult and there's been some kind of violation like this, whether it's between siblings or what, like you got to get to the bottom of it and take it seriously or yeah. else like, what do you tell? Like, you know what? Don't ever care about anything because someone can destroy it and there's no consequences. You know? Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know. Rosita's not really hitting all the high notes here. She's also saying that she can help Judith rebuild this thing because she's really good at fixing things and I'm thinking, oh yeah, well then why are the walls so fucking busted still? <laughs> uh, if that's the kind of botch job you
1: plan on doing with this board, I'll do it myself, Rosita. She's, she's good at fixing things with, like, wood glue. You know, okay. cold Crafts. red steel, that's a but, little tougher. If, she, yeah. if only she had gorilla glue, she'd be good to go.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, then we move over to Hilltop again. This episode jumps around a lot, where the group interrogates Keith, the Whisperer. He claims he's the last of his kind, and that he's the good Whisperer, uh, Lydia stands up for him, but everybody else decides to lock him up until they decide what to do with him. Unfortunately, they find out the cellar is already full of Whisperers, and they find Nabila's scarf, which means that these were definitely Whisperers in Alexandria. And then the Whisperers kind of know the jigs up, so they attack. Some manage to run off, but Aaron, I I thought killed Keith, but he doesn't kill
1: Keith. I thought Keith gutted Aaron. And then I thought Aaron yeah. for sure killed Keith. He and says it's my I turn was, and
0: what? And he's got and a I knife was surprised and he to find,
1: Yeah, nothing. Actually, neither none of those things happened. Um I did like Jerry getting his blood up when he like finds his wife's headscarf and like, you yeah. know, these people burnt my fucking homes. Like these are not the good ones. And also that this guy lied about everything. Yeah. Like it's it's really sh- it's really, you know, it's really easy to get onto the errand train here and be all aboard for some summary, summary execution.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to the Commonwealth. Eugene's group sneaks into the communications building and they are so conspicuous. <laughs> this is a comedy. Uh, yeah, I I don't know how you could not notice them sneaking something here.
1: Yeah, and again, I I feel like it's 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 a bad tonal clash. Um I understand because you've got essentially fundamentally goofy characters yes. and you're trying to but like the stakes do not match. Like I honestly I think it's a bummer to watch a person like Princess fuck up everything and get people killed. Mm-hmm. Like Princess is a hilarious character, but if she's like doing her shtick and people are dying or getting imprisoned and enslaved in the background, it's not funny. Right. You know? I guess that's only know what funny the when the stakes aren't high.
0: Were yet. So maybe you could laugh at this scene, but in retrospect, yeah, it's a little bit more yeah, uh, a down note. Um, and then we go to Yumiko, who's chatting with Tomi about how he got here. She mentions that he's a surgeon, which makes him a little jumpy, I think, because he prefers baking. He asks her not to ruin it for him, and she asks if the Commonwealth would be willing to help her people. And he's like, eh, it's possible. I don't know. Maybe. I, I think this. Scene is there. There's a lot of subtext here in this scene that they they're starting to lay out a history for these two characters, um, and that is, I think, pretty good because of the stuff we've seen with Magna previously. There was a very like strong Yumiko is controlling in a weird way um, of other people's lives. Very much a pusher expects a lot from the people she's around, and Magna was on her case about that. Um, never feeling like she was living up to Yumiko's expectations of her. And I think the same thing you're going to see is true of Tomi and that he was sort of pushed maybe by his entire family, maybe just by Yumiko, uh, into being a surgeon and he was very successful and good at it, but he didn't really want to do it. And so now he's gotten a second lease on life in a sort of way, uh, by becoming a baker. all that too. And, and, yeah. and he hasn't told, I, I think the key is he hasn't told, uh, the Commonwealth, what his actual skill set is. And so they've assigned him <sighs> yeah. as if, you know, he wanted, he was always doing his dream job of baking.
1: I have a problem with that because, like, it makes me, it makes him, if that's true, and I think that's a good reading of it. That's, that's what I got from it too. If it's true, it does a lot of damage to what I feel about his character off the bat because it's one thing. If you drop out of med school and disappoint your family and you retire to be a potter in San Francisco and you're happy, it's another thing when you're in a post apocalyptic environment where people are living and dying to zombies and you're a person with a very vital knowledge and you're just like, well, you know, my best life is baking like, well, fuck you, man, like. I don't know that you like what I may, maybe you get to make that call, but I also get to decide that I think you're an asshole because sure, sure. you're hiding your light under. Yeah, I mean, and then maybe it sucks, but like it's a zombie apocalypse, it's hard all around. I Except do hope Yumiko makes this behind, case
0: to him at some point, yeah, and, and you know, maybe probably. he pushes
1: back because she always does this, you know, yeah, that. which is that, but boy, man, my appetite for like wanting to see both sides of that is not high because I really didn't like come when the on him come down because Yeah, because like the thing is, is like. There's ways you could tell that story to have Yumikil look like she's a crazy person. But uh-huh. Magna, Miss, I'm stealing half of the group supplies and squirreling <laughs> because I don't trust anybody in one fa- Like you are not the one that's like, you're just hassling people because they won't follow the rules, lady. Yeah. Like she's not the one to make that case, and neither is this guy, Mr. I can save people's lives, but I'd rather fucking make their asses bigger because they're eating too much pie and cake. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're if they're aware of that, but that's like if this is the case, I'm going to kind of feel this guy is a magnet type. And why magnet type, I mean, is a character mm-hmm. I don't take seriously when she stands up yeah. and makes an impassioned plea to the group. It's kind of like Eugene doing it. Like my baseline is, well, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. So no one should listen to you. And when they do, it always throws me. Cause I'm like, well, wait, don't you all know that they're an idiot? So, right. Yeah. yeah we'll see. Maybe he's um, the baby brother and he's kind of a fuck up. And, but he's a, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I assumed he was a baby brother. I don't know why, though. Probably because they're dynamic.
1: It's I tell you, the, the thing is, is like, man, if they had gone for a little bit more tense, uh, breaking into the communication scene rather than this is just kind of like a naughty lark. It would have fed in so well to the next scene because like, is this place as good as uh, we're led to believe? Oh, it's better here. Anything's possible. As long as you follow the rules, smash mm. cut the rule breaking yours. But it's almost played like a joke, like a sitcom, yeah. you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I felt like it could have been more effective with a bet, a little bit more tension. All right. Next up, uh, Princess
0: Stahl's Red Guard as he's about to enter the building. Kind of, you know, thanks him for giving the $2 bill back, which I, I think is a pretty big thing considering what they do with cash here.
1: Um, Yeah, it, it's, it plays like. I never saw a romance or even a liking between these two characters. It goes both ways. Yeah, no. But, you know, that was that $2 bill is important to Princess. Mm-hmm. If you recall, it was from her first paycheck. It represents her first adult money. It's Uncle Scrooge's. dime the, yeah. His, yeah, His first Lucky dime. dime. Yep. you know, uh, it's, it has a lot of psychological importance. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have the very first check that was given to me for a creative work. Uh, and I got it like 10 years before I started bald move and it's little frame. It was like, Hey, you know, the shit I did in a free time was worth it. To somebody. Uh, so I get yeah. that. And it's, it's, it's cool of Mercer, uh, to give it back to her. But I don't know. Like I said, I, this kind of comes out of nowhere. The fact that there's either a potential romance or a mutual respect. I did not mm-hmm. see, I did not see coming. Gotcha. Uh, let's take a
0: quick break and then we'll be right back. Alright, we go back over to the hilltop where Aaron tries to get information out of Keith and Keith tells them the dead are better than them, so Aaron feeds him to the walker, kind of. He, he feeds his hand to the walker and says, hey, you got time. Mm-hmm. If we cut that thing off, you can, you can save yourself. You just gotta give up the whispers locations. Uh, Lydia's not interested in watching Keith being tortured, so she runs off. Carol steps in and tells a very angry Aaron how losing Henry uh, took her down this very dark path And he doesn't want to go down the same one. Trust me.
1: Uh, I like the scene quite a bit. Yeah. uh, Carol's had a lot of experience. This is like the third different dark path she's gone down that led to a lot of people dying and unilateral action that she came to. So she knows what she's talking about, Aaron. For sure. Um, But Aaron's got a good point, too. Like, I like the fact that, like, you know, Gracie, um, you know, is going hungry. She's homeless because the world's full of people that are beyond saving. What are you even uh, I also kind of like the aesthetic of, like, uh, apparently they'd shoved, like, a deer antler through the zombie, and that's how, like, Aaron was steering it around, and it also had, like, pokey yeah. things out of his chest. Um, but it's it's pretty fucked up for Aaron. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Aaron went from about a five to, like, a, a nine on the psychopathy scale this episode, um, you know, torturing people. with. But we've seen, like, you know, Rick's gone here. We've seen a lot of people yeah. fall from grace in this exact same way. So. Do you think um, this scene also meant to tell us that Aaron is to- has totally
0: come to terms and is okay with having only one hand? Because he doesn't really look at this as a big true. deal of losing a, a hand.
1: disability. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you might be onto something there. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, God damn, you're, you're getting you cut off this hand. That's totally torture. That's horrible. Like, yeah. But then, yeah. I thought about that uh and and from a storytelling perspective i think this is also good because it's showing you how monstrous people can look from a different point of view i mean how is this different than the garbage people you know Mm -hmm. torturing rick and Mm -hmm. father gabriel how is this different than negan you know putting people through the zombie gauntlet to manipulate them how and the answer is it's not like except for in a means versus ends kind of way but I think that's going to be another one of these storylines is like how in, in instances where there's been so much death and pain on both sides and maybe the people that are dealing with death and pain, you know, have some human reasons for that kind of shit, you know, hurt people, hurt people, they say. Um, I, I think that's another interesting angle they're stepping up for as like how, yeah, who is, who gets to throw the last stone? Yes. Uh, and how who's, do you, how do you go gonna... from throwing stones to to working and coexisting yeah. if you can't work together? Yeah. That's a that's a
0: big step, a big transition, and I feel like Carol of all people is the one trying to make it here, because um, she's just gone down the other path.
1: She's seen the cycles so many times now. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. wish she, there's a. I feel like there's a missing conversation or epiphany that Carol had to mm-hmm. switch her from where she was at during the pandemic episodes. To where she's at now, I feel like there was a little bit of a missing step. Yeah, the soup didn't quite get me there. No, no.
0: All right, Rosita helps Judith fix the the handprint board. Eugene comes on the radio, but breaks up before they can really get any information conveyed. And then Redguard bursts into the room in the Commonwealth where Eugene is and arrests him. He's also got Zeke and Princess in tow. So is this going to
1: instigate the uh, some more survivors from so I'm trying to think like long term what happens here Uh, they got this the one thing they got from Eugene is that he's someplace and he's safe Mm -hmm. Um, if they don't talk to him again how long is it take before the Alexandrians decide to just like you know what we're going to we're going to do a voyage of faith a caravan of courage. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to get some Ewoks together. We're going to walk in the direction of Eugene's friends because it's safe here and it's not there. I wonder if that's what they're kind of doing. Meanwhile, like Eugene right. and his band might be banished, and now you've got a whole bunch of like you got a ca- you know a fucking caravan of refugees at the gates. And oh, what's that going to look like to mm-hmm. the the Commonwealth folks? I, I I see what they're some of the stakes are trying to set up here, and I and I'm I'm interested in at least half of it. <laughs> yeah no it seems a plausible path forward
0: um because it it seems pretty clear at this point that nothing is going to save alexandria
1: they're buying time there is all they're really doing yeah i do like i said i i think they misplayed the stephanie situation because i did not get from you know their conversation with eugene that she was committing a capital crime like Mm -hmm. uh, and she might not be if she's a citizen i don't know they don't ever tell us what the stakes are for her. Just that yeah, she's been charged with she's something. Just in, she's got like a, a, hand, a like slap on the wrist versus maybe, you know, because I also don't know. Is this one of this? Cause like the only thing I, the only time I can think of where I've, I've heard is they've told a story like this and it's terrible. It's the season one episode of star Trek where Wesley Crusher crashes, Wesley crusher oh, crashes through the greenhouse. And you've got a whole something. bunch of people like, well, what's the deal? Like, we'll fix the flowers. It's no versus you've committed a sin and you're going to die. Like, is it one of those places where all the crimes are capital? Essentially, if you all, all you got to do is follow the rules, and if you don't follow the rules, then you're fucked. um I, I don't know, but if that's the case, then I feel like Stephanie should have been a lot more afraid, yeah. and there should have been a lot less hijinks, movie music out of uh, Bear McCreary for sure, but. Yeah, maybe she doesn't know. Maybe she'll be horrified at how they treat immigrants into society. I don't know. They could go in that direction, too, where there's a citizen resistance to the the big brother. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, and then Maggie continues to wait, and Negan begins packing food to take back to Alexandria. Maggie stops him, refuses to let him leave, and then Gabriel and
1: some dude show up. I think I this is Casey Jones. No! Yeah, inexplicably no mask now. What?
0: I couldn't tell, man. I, I almost went, I didn't have time because we're, like, really tight on time this week, but I wanted to go back and look and see if it was him because I thought that could be the case, but... I'm pretty Well, then sure. my Judas I'm theory, sure. I don't
1: like that. What about my Judas <laughs> theory? What about your Judas theory? I I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, but I, I think it okay. is, but now my thing is like, okay, your Judas theory, but like my suspension of disbelief, this yeah. guy's never said more than a single line of dialogue. Maybe when he took his mask off for Kelly, never seen without his mask mm-hmm. and he pops up. Like I thought he was grievously injured and he pops well, he got up on no mask. Him and Gabriel have had to, are we going to get a flashback episode of him and Gabriel? Like, like, you know, talking and all that kind of stuff because I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I they, the way I remember
0: the, him getting captured is he just gets sort of roped, like lassoed and then pulled into the sky and he drops his weapon, which Maggie throws later. So if they captured him and he's weaponless, how did he get away? Like, I, yeah, none of, none of that seems to line up if this is in fact Casey Jones. I hope it's not for multiple reasons, but we'll see. Um, they all agree that they should just wait for more people to show up. I guess I, I don't know who else is out there um, that we haven't seen yet. Probably, uh, are they waiting on Daryl? Is that who they're waiting on?
1: Uh, I guess that's Darryl, it. Well, this there's the other's attention is that they left uh, Boston Rob at the uh-huh. church, so it's like they're not just they can't just wait infinitely for everyone to show up because Boston Rob will die. Uh, true. So like, yeah, nobody's making that point though. <laughs> i know Negan's like it's all about like, like hey, whoa, we we're not go. here by day by the darkness and i'm getting the fuck out of here because it's giving the read but like yeah you also have and they mentioned because like when gabriel shows up he's like well we got boston rob doing here and we're, we're still waiting for daryl and somebody else i don't know i didn't catch that guy's name it's someone they haven't like established as someone i i should care about yet but- yeah all right yeah we'll see where that
0: goes um then we got one final scene where Eugene's group at uh, the Commonwealth, where Eugene's group are told what they're being charged with. They plead to little effect. And the guy from the orientation video then comes in with Stephanie and says not to move them. And then he goes to find someone named Mercer. Is is Mercer Mercer? Mercer's, Mercer's not the, red the guard.
1: Big, the big. Yeah, he's the big tomato red guard guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, yeah, he goes to find him
1: for some reason. Is he like the ultimate authority here? But what about Milton? I th- I think that I think that he is the one in charge of their incarceration. Like if the okay. if, if better call Saul here can finesse Mercer, then he can start this before he can stop this before it becomes like, you know, the judge's business and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I got. Gotcha. But like this just I mean, that's not canon. That's just what how I interpreted things. Uh, Stephanie Mr. tells Hornsby him they might,
0: might not be banished, but they will have to pay in one way or another.
1: Right. Like, So this guy's ominous. a fixer. He's extra legal. Might mm-hmm. be able to pull some strings, but now you're going to be you know, I guess that's the other thing is like anytime you have these authoritative high control groups, you always have like a commiserate gray and black market for, you know, getting shit done.
0: Yeah. For sure. I, I do think one thing this probably tells us is that Stephanie has told this guy about Alexandria. Cause why else would he, well, Eugene hasn't said too much or no, he has, he spilled a lot of beans about Alexandria. Didn't yeah. He?
1: But he, 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 he did, he did say, stay strong too. Like, he didn't say like, we have this massive compound of the whole bunch yeah. of people. Wait, like he, he, told location he did tell a lot about like himself and meeting Stephanie, but he did not really betray the size or location of Alexandria. So. Well, I'm thinking like, what did he tell Stephanie on the radio? Cause before they knew that
0: Stephanie was his contact here, he was trying to meet, I guess that doesn't matter, but now it does. Cause yeah, she could tell whatever they told, he told her yeah. to, to Mercer or whoever.
1: but I feel like that they were both being cagey. Like they were, they're telling a lot of truth about each other and their personal preferences and stuff. But they, you know, she was being cagey about her group. Obviously didn't mention, Hey, I live in a city of 50,000 people with thriving electricity and ice cream and surge. So many surgeons, we haven't baking cakes. And he didn't say, Oh, by the way, I live behind these strong steel uh, walls with, uh, you know, electric, uh, solar power, and all this other stuff. So, like, I feel mm-hmm. like they know a lot. They they told a lot of stuff about themselves, but not about the group. And that's how they kind of gotcha. You know, made it okay. I guess my tropes. question is
0: then: Why is Hornsby trying to pull any strings for these people? Because
1: what is definitely an angle. I I don't know. Like, you know, why why does anyone do anything for a criminal? Probably for their benefit. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, like I wanted this Hornsby guy is kind of like, uh, you know, the Godfather. That like if you you know if you can get the things done within the rules, then yeah, go see the governor. But mm-hmm. if you're up against the red tape and uh, you might want to cut some corners in exchange for a favor, which may yeah you know, they may never come or I ask for that favor. But if I do, it's your a- yeah it could yeah. be like one of those deals. If you've baked if you've baked this guy like
0: fifty cakes and he still says you owe him one more cake every time. <laughs> That's but right. you need that guy to disappear. Maybe as a wedding gift, you, you get to disappear somebody.
1: Yeah, when Yomiko's brother ruins his boy's birthday cake, and he comes to you mm-hmm. and is like, "Look how they massacred my boy's cake! You have to bake him <laughs> a new one. No questions asked." Right. Use use your all your skills as a lawyer. Then right. you use all your skills as a lawyer and a high school teacher to to bake me this cake. We've got one <laughs> I can't, more scene. Can't let the boy's mother see the cake like this. <laughs>
0: where carol gives the whisperer some food and packs uh to leave and then keith says they saw connie near the cave aaron says she can wait let's go back to alexandria we'll look for at first light
1: weird way Uh, to end an episode yeah and uh, carol's already like i don't yeah I, i i i don't know here's the thing it's like it's interesting because carol now wants to jo- like single-mindedly pursue her objective right oh yeah, if I again. Can rescue connie then like man it's like almost as all is forgiven there's just right right just the hilltop um, but
0: y- you know right just a hilltop and all of your friends and family that we <laughs> right. had to re-murder by Troy, the way who they uh, had to murder earlier but yeah.
1: yeah she's like on tears and like oh please don't go down this path it gets all fucked up when your personal objectives and emotion gets involved oh, connie's alive oh yep. Oh, my salvation. Hey, yeah, it's, uh, it's, and that might be intentional. They actually could have that kind of tension in the story, which would be kind of cool. Or it could just be we're on a weird, morgalizing treadmill with these two. Yes. And, uh, it's going to be, going to be tedious. Hasn't got we'll there see. yet. We'll see. Yeah. That's the one thing about the Kang era. There's been some stupid shit in isolation, but long standing things that just get on my fucking nerves have been fewer and far between. That's true. It's true. All right. That's it. That's all I got for the episode. Yeah. Got a small satellite pack of whispers, a break-off faction of perhaps good neutral whispers. Uh, I'm really curious to see what they end up doing at that. Are they living a funny visual? They kind of lope. Yeah, like as soon as the our team walked away, they just kind of like melted back into the woods, you know, or from the woods, and you just came from everywhere. So yeah, it's weird because only one of them's actually whispering. I guess that's how they did it, though, right? They'd have the people that were kind of hurting, and then, uh-huh. you know, in some other place, people were without their masks on and kind of, like, doing, you know, their their thing. So, I guess this is, a, like, the burnt-out hilltop is a massive upgrade from the open shit pits that they, that they used to yeah. come eating worms and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I uh I don't know. We'll see. Also uh I'm also very curious about what they could possibly find at the rendezvous point that's going to be that they can personally carry back on their four backs is going to change the tide of Alexandria. Yeah. Um this feels like a, uh, I feel like because of the ambiguity in how they told the story like I don't know this Maggie's rescue mission seems or you know, supply mission seems stupid when it was on the outset and it just keeps getting dumber. And I hate the fact that I'm on Negan's side, every step of this, like it seems like he's always talking smart and she's always talking stupid. Yeah. I mean, maybe when
0: they get to Meridian, there are, a lot of vehicles or something. Maybe she knows that they'll have the capacity to Oh, tons to carry of vehicles, fully
1: back, gassed up, and f- tons of food, and the, uh, well, you know... Horses, fully gassed and up. And, the, re- and, 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 and the Reavers just let it be. There there wasn't enough Reavers to eat, you know? They're, they yeah. There's only like 13 15, of them, or yeah, whatever they said. Reavers? So just not enough to eat eat a full, full Alexandria's portion of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, they're they're a little little painted themselves in a the corner, but I, hey, maybe they can get yeah. out of it. We'll see. Also, well, they're going to take it back to
0: a completely non-fortifiable Alexandria. So why? What's
1: the point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back on a regular schedule of a feedback episode. If you got something burning that you want to talk about, uh, save that for Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash bald move. We'll record our feedback response episode live. The podcast will be out later that evening. Uh, and then, of course, this weekend at 9 p.m. or thereabouts, we'll have the latest episode of The Walking Dead for you to enjoy. Uh, yeah, we'll see you back next week. Until that time, I'm Aaron. And, and I'm Jim. Jim. See ya.